0: Hello everybody, I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. (music) Oil grappling with the impact of the tensions in the Middle East after surrendering hefty gains. As Ron Cruz tells us, crude supply could be among those badly hit if the tension worsens.
1: Oil ends its strong rally due to the unresolved conflict between the U.S. and Iran. Brent crude futures fell 49 cents to $68.42 a barrel after hitting as high as $70.74 Monday, while U.S. crude dropped 42 cents to $62.85. There have been speculations Tehran would be unlikely to strike against Washington in a way that would disrupt supplies. Signs of easing tensions between the two countries come. Amid warning from the leader of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, they will set ablaze places supported by the U.S. to avenge the death of its top general, Qasem Soleimani. The U.S. has blamed Soleimani for the killing of American troops in Iraq and accused him of plotting new attacks just before his death in a U.S. drone strike in Baghdad Friday. And as tensions in the Middle East flare up, Paul Hicken of S&P Plants believes oil prices won't exceed seventy dollars a barrel. Realistically, from our perspective, I think seventy dollars is is a is a sustained is a cap in the market. Not going to see much beyond that, um, unless the conflict escalates. And then you're seeing the range between sixty and seventy, if uh, assuming assuming some of these big unknowns. Don't materialize in a, in a way that could bring all to the market. But Hicken sees U.S. Iran tensions causing more volatility in the global oil market. He also expects a crisis to complicate oil output cuts imposed by the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC. Stephen Brannock of oil broker PVM agrees, saying the world is now on a wait-and-see mode if the crisis in the Middle East would lead to a disruption in regional oil supplies. OPEC last month agreed to cut output by an extra 500,000 barrels a day in the first quarter of 2020. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News.
0: U.S. Stock Index features pause as middle tensions recede. Strong gains in the tech sector also help markets overcome initial concerns over tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Investors, meanwhile, await U.S. trade deficit figures and factory orders and non-manufacturing PMIs later in the day. A look at the markets, two and a half hours before trading, all of them up by about a tenth of a percent each. Over in Europe, markets also rebounded as geopolitical concerns abate. Uh, The DAX Index in Germany up one percent. Here at home, Philippine shares joined the regional uptrend despite the ongoing geopolitical tensions. As Michelle Long tells us, the foreseen inflation figures for December also helped lift the local market.
2: Philippine shares eked out gains on Tuesday as inflation... Which, while jumping more than expected for December in 2019, stayed within government's target range of two to four percent.
3: Two point five percent print for this uh, for this December 20 uh, for the December 2019 figures actually priced in the market. It's actually expected for this week. We feel like uh, it'll be trading between 7.8 to 7.7, 7, but with a downward bias, given the U.S. Uh, Iran uh, military tensions.
2: But for now, it appears Asian investors have started to shrug off geopolitical tensions with most markets in the region also rising. After inflation, the next big data we're watching out for would be fourth quarter and full-year 2019 GDP due on the third week of January. That will be followed by the Philippine Central Bank's first policy meeting for the year happening early February. For the day, the PSE index gained half a percent to close at 78.40.
4: We ended 2019. We were at an eight-year low versus our MSCI counterparts in terms of valuation. So foreigners might actually be looking at the Philippines basically because of valuation differential. So the U.S. ended the year with a 30 percent growth in the S&P. They might be looking at places where to rotate into. Philippines certainly looks attractive as long as the risks, external risks, actually do not uh, spoil the party.
2: In corporate stories, going against the tide, at a time when analysts and investors appear to be going risk-off on the telco sector, given regulatory risks and tight competition, the Gokongwei Group is increasing its stake from around 8% to 11 JG Summit bought over 7 million shares at $19.70 apiece, purchasing and converting ADRs. In the early 2000s, the late Gokongwei Patriarch launched an almost $1 billion worth aggressive bid to gain a seat in PLDT but did not succeed. Before that, PLDT bought from the Gokongwei Group Digital, which is behind Sun Cellular. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News.
0: Tensions in the Middle East likely to drive up prices of goods if global oil rates continue to soar. But as Alvin El tells us, oil prices are seen to go up further as the Philippine government complies with fuel standards set by the International Maritime Organization.
5: Fuel prices have posted steep increases on the first trading day after Iran threatened to retaliate against the United States for the bombing that killed an Iranian military commander in Baghdad. Sources from the industry claim imported gasoline prices rose by an equivalent of more than one peso per liter, while imported diesel is almost 70 centavos higher than last week's. But the average prices will change, as there are still four trading days left for the week. Either it will shrink, or further balloon by Friday. Supermarket owners claim prices of goods are likely to also go up if fuel prices continue to soar due to the uncertainty in the Middle East.
4: It's
2: speculative, but no, uh, depending how fast things develop, no. If uh, you know um, retaliation ng guerra, no, ibiget yon. Sigurado. no. Ah, pa
4: uh, kagad yon.
5: Another issue that will further push fuel prices up is the government's compliance to cleaner fuel for ships operating within the Philippines and those servicing international routes. The Maritime Industry Authority or MARINA says the game plan is to comply by phases beginning next year to avoid the hard impact on shipping companies and consumers in the end.
4: Hindi talaga <laughs> availability of supply. Number two, you yung cost of retrofitting. Gusto natin by 2025, based dun sa roadmap, uh, compliant na lahat ng mga domestic vessels natin.
5: But even if the Philippines delays its compliance to the fuel standards set by the International Maritime Organization, foreign-flagged ships entering the Philippines, especially those that deliver imported goods like petroleum products, will likely comply with the higher standard fuel this year. If this happens, Marina admits international shipping firms will just hike their freight costs while local oil companies importing fuel will have no choice but to pass it on petroleum products sold to motorists at the pumps. Alvin El Chico, ABS-CBN News.
0: in the last month of 2019 driven by higher transport costs as well as a spike in food prices in step with the holiday demand and the impact of typhoons. Bruce Rodriguez breaks down the numbers in this edition of Dissecting Data.
3: Philippine inflation smashed expectations in the final month of 2019 as the high base effect from the previous year continued to diminish and the seasonally high demand from consumers during the holiday season pushed up the prices of several goods. The headline figure spiked to 2.5% in December 2019 over here from just 1.3% in November 2019. While this is its highest level in six months, the rate is still within the Philippine central bank's 2 to 4% target range. With the December figure, full-year inflation settled at 2.5%, a steep drop from 5.2% in 2018 when rice prices spiked amid problems with local supply. It's also worth noting the 2019 figure is the lowest since 2016's 1.3% and out of the 11 commodity groups, Only the health index saw a decline in inflation. And among the notable drivers to the uptick in the headline amount were the heavily weighted food and non-alcoholic beverages index, as well as transport costs, which swung from negative 2.4% to positive 2.2% over there. Now, deep diving into the food index further, prices of vegetables and fish, the one in green over here, And the gray one is they saw the biggest jump, while meat in orange over here was relatively stable. But thanks to the negative inflation in rice prices, here you go, Uh, the overall jump in food prices was actually quite limited. But as for the bigger picture, the Philippines wasn't alone in seeing a spike in inflation for December. Thailand in blue over here and Vietnam in green saw price spikes as well in consumer prices during the same month. The headline inflation figure may have crept up faster than forecast, but no one has yet to sound the alarm on possible runaway price spikes this year, especially with measures like the Rice Terrification Law still in place. For Dissecting Data, I am Bruce Rodriguez.
0: The Philippine Central Bank, not surprised by the faster-than-forecast December inflation turnout, as it still falls within its forecast range of up to 2.6 percent. For this year, the Central Bank expects inflation to approach 3 percent, the midpoint of the government's target, with risks tilting to the upside. The bank flags volatility in global oil prices and the potential impact of the African swine fever outbreak as the main upside risks to inflation. Global trade and policy uncertainty, as well as geopolitical tensions mean while are seen as inflationary risks to the downside. Despite the threat of higher prices, Central Bank Governor Benjamin Diokno says the monetary board may cling to its easing bias with a 25 basis point cut expected within the first quarter of 2020. Malakanyang voices confidence in the country's inflation performance. The palace says the latest inflation rate should not be a cause for alarm since it falls within the government's target. It adds it considers high inflation, which peaked at 6.7 percent in 2018, as a thing of the past. The Philippines dollar reserves reached an all-time high at the end of 2019. The country's gross international reserves rose to over $87 billion as of end-December, from some $86 billion as of end-November. The increase attributed to inflows from the Philippine central bank's foreign exchange operations and investments abroad, as well as the national government's net foreign currency deposits. The government says the figure provides ample external liquidity buffer. The amount is equivalent to 7.7 months' worth of imports of goods and services. It is also equivalent to five and a half times the country's short-term external debt. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte lays down an ultimatum against Metro Manila's water concessionaires. But as Dino ponte Oreg reports, at least one economist is calling foul on the government's latest move.
4: Accept the new concession agreements or suffer dire consequences. That ultimatum, coming from the Philippine government, addressed water concessionaires Manila Water and Maynilad. The two firms have earned the ire of Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte over their supposed onerous contracts with the government. The president has accused the companies of economic sabotage and violating the anti-graft law.
5: They accept with no guarantee that they will not be prosecuted. Or, if they do not accept it, then I will nationalize the water system and prosecute them for plunder or
4: stuff on a large scale. Duterte spokesman Salvador Panelo says the draft of the new contracts were designed to replace what he calls the constitutionally flawed water concessionaires agreement. The contracts of the two firms are set to end in 2022. Economist Calixto Chiquiamco, however, argues the government should have renegotiated the contracts instead of presenting a new one but in a take-it-or-leave-it scenario. He also warns such a move could lead to a negative impact on investments,
2: bullying and, and, and uh, putting a, a gun on your head—that's—it's uh, uh, not a um, acceptable. You know, it's not a good way to be able to uh, so-called renegotiate these so-called uh, onerous contracts. If it's uh, something that's really, uh, you know, that uh, the concessioner cannot really accept, then uh, it would really have a very uh, uh, huge uh, negative impact on uh, water security um, uh, and especially if the government takes over. We know already that uh, what happens whenever the government runs something whether that's uh, MRT
1: or even the old Nawasa.
4: But Justice secretary Minardo Guevara rejects Chichiamko's claims.
1: It doesn't really mean that we won't discuss what we want to be taken out and want, uh, what we want to be added to the concession agreement. So uh, there will be a process of discussion and uh, renegotiation. It's not uh, a, you know, a
4: 100% take it or leave it thing. But should push come to shove, Metro Manila's water regulator welcomes the idea of nationalizing water services in areas covered by the two firms. Metropolitan Waterworks and Sewerage System Administrator Emmanuel Salamat adds the matter can be tackled along with the proposal for a National Water Resource Board as they undertake a review of their system. Meanwhile, water-related stocks continue to jump despite government's take-it-or-leave-it offer to concessionaires. Dino Pontiarig, ABS-CBN News.
0: And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.